1: And welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks. I'm producer T, and as always, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Dylan and Kyle. Dylan, how are you doing, man? We didn't have you last week, so uh, you can give us an update.
2: Man, it's good to be back. You know, you miss one week of the podcast, and it feels like an eternity. So it's uh, it's good to be back with you boys.
1: Yeah, it's it's good to have you back, man. Me and Kyle went went solo last week. It went well, though. It was good. Kyle, how are you doing?
3: Yeah, I'm doing great. Still uh, hunkering down at my mother-in-law's house, trying to keep sane and and trying to keep out of doing things that are not inside the house. Yeah, the weather looks beautiful there. Going through you know, the- it's, uh, it's been about 85 degrees, eighty between 80 and 85 degrees the last couple of days. So it's getting out in the yard and actually getting some shit done.
2: Are there any wind chimes on the other side of that window? <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what? Not yet, no. I have the window open, but you can't hear any because there's no wind
1: for, finally for today. <laughs> That's awesome. How's the weather in uh, in Fort St. John, Dylan? That's because where you're at right now, right? It's been nice, actually. It's been pretty
2: windy, but it's been sunny the whole time, so uh, can't complain. Apparently, summer's up here. You get like, I don't know, 18, 20 hours of sunlight, so uh, it's not too bad. You wake up at like 4.30 in the morning and it's bright out, kind of get a good start to the day, right? Yeah, you can't complain too much, then, I guess, at that. Well, you're getting up at 4.30 in the morning, you can complain, but yeah, uh, the, yeah, sun, helps.
3: the nice. sun helps, the sun helps. I'd complain about complain getting up at 4.30 in the morning.
1: Yeah, I, I, co- I complain about getting up before seven, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, the nice
2: thing about being in camp is I don't have to cook my own breakfast, right? So I just get yeah. up, go that's and true. get some food served to me. A ridiculous amount of food, man. It's, it's nuts up. Some <laughs> of the awesome. guys...
1: Can fucking eat like I've <laughs> never seen before in my life. It's uh, it's nuts. Oh man, that's so awesome. Uh, so we've just got a, a pretty much a, a another episode with another interview. You know, the hockey world just keeps keeps kind of waiting around trying to make a decision. So not too much to talk about today. Uh, before we get into though, we got to make sure to shout out our uh, our Twitter feeds there. So you make sure to follow the podcast at Stick Hungry Pod. You can follow myself at producer underscore T E E. Dylan, where you can following? find
2: myself at D-Y-L underscore T-H-P-N. And Kyle? Uh,
1: McLaren underscore K. Awesome. And make sure also to follow the, pod, the network at HockeyPodNet. Thomas, so, you nailed it two weeks in a row, by dude, the way. Dude, I That's know. I'm getting episode. How many months has it taken now? How is it like a solid six, seven months? Like a full NHL season, essentially. Jesus. So uh, <laughs> Brutal. Let's
2: hope there's no sophomore uh,
1: slow. <laughs> Let's hope not. Jesus, it's only taken uh, a few few months here. Uh, but it's kind of unfortunate news to get started here, boys. Um, you know, we talked about this. I think it was last week uh, a GoFundMe for a very much loved Sharks. Uh, I guess staff, Rich Paris. Um, he unfortunately passed away uh, on April 28th. Uh, this is really sad news, eh, boys.
3: Yeah, you know, and they took him off life support. I mean, he was he was struggling with, uh, with with some bacterial infections, nothing to do with this virus that's going on now. But uh, I mean, what I've been reaching out or, or seeing is, I mean, there's so many players um, now a uh, day players, you know, young and and older players reaching out, and a lot of players donated, a lot of people uh, that are not even hockey players donated. Uh, it just goes to show what kind of man he was. to see the reaction of of when he passed away. Is, is I've been seeing things. Uh, to this day of just saying what a great loss it is for the community, for the Sharks and for his family, for sure.
2: Yeah, really unfortunate. I mean, we saw that GoFundMe page. I haven't checked recently to see what it ended off at, but they exceeded their goals. Like everybody did everything they could. It was just time. Unfortunate. We're, you know, we're going to miss the guy, Uh, but he's definitely left an imprint on the San Jose Sharks organization.
1: Yeah, totally. It's a huge loss to to the Sharks family and all our, our, all our hearts and our condolences goes towards the Paris family as well. So uh, hopefully they can get through this time because it's already a tough time as it is, right? So uh, to have that happen as well, it, it's just, it's just awful. So um, kind of uh, another uh, kind of weird news here, but uh, Joe Thornton shaved his beard, boys. Holy shit.
2: If that's not a sign of the times, I don't know
1: what is. Like shit is not right right now. I, I don't know if you guys can see, but like I, I shaved mine, you know, because I had that like weird stash before. <laughs> <laughs> Did
2: Jumbo inspire you to shave it, or, or was it? I think it was tough? just.
1: All, honestly, I, I want I wanted to say that he inspired me, but no, it was just coincidence. But shit. Yeah,
3: I shaved mine this morning. I already got a five o'clock shadow, so I, don't I know, know what's going on.
1: Mine will take a solid three
2: months before you see anything. So, <laughs> Well, you know what they say. If you want to eat the ass, you got to
1: mow the grass, right? So maybe oh, that's man. what <laughs> Dude, you sent me that. Oh, that That is a hell of a thing. Hey, Dylan, you're going gonna to be uh, shaving that beard of yours?
2: I, I don't think so. I'm going to go the Brent Burns route and just uh, keep that thing rolling. There
1: you go. I mean, uh,
2: which would be, which is weirder, or would be weirder? Brent Burns shaving his beard, or Joe Thornton? I mean, I know he's already done it, but uh, I think Brent Burns with no beard would be uh, a little bit a little bit weird.
3: You know, we, I, the, the thing that gets me is is look at the hockey body he's got. Like, I, know, I know. I mean, it is a solid hockey body, and everyone thinks we're like you I mean players are jacked. That has nothing to do with being jacked as a hockey player. Some some players are. But, I mean, that beard to see it gone was, oh, my God. I mean, it was just, poof, gone. And it was a great, uh, great video by him and his daughter uh, to come up with that. But, I mean, I think it's weirder to see. I, would, I mean, I don't remember the last time we've seen Brett Burns actually completely shaven like Joe.
2: Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I mean, when he was in Minnesota, I think he was pretty clean shaven. Something happens in the Bay Area. He kind of <laughs> went loose and let it grow out. Lost but, a couple uh, teeth. You know. Yeah, lost a few teeth. <laughs> um, that guy's probably having a hell of a time during quarantine, though, because he's got a huge property, a bunch of animals and stuff. He, he's probably the guy you want to be with uh, during this whole whole coronavirus
1: thing.
3: For
1: sure. Dude, exactly. He's probably, you know, he's still hunting and everything. It's
2: Give know. it a couple of months. We'll be Tiger King 2.0. <laughs> no,
1: doubt. no doubt. Before we go into like, a little bit of uh, the Sharks news, we, we might as well stay with this, boys. Do you think that uh, Thornton might have shaved downstairs? Because let's be honest, he could have used Manscaped, right?
3: But he used Manscaped, yes. And if he, even if he did, I'm sure he's using it now. So hopefully he's using it. But uh, got- I, haven't, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen Joe in a locker room lately. So who knows what's going on down there? And rumor
2: has it that he actually used promo code THPN. He got 20% off of that Manscaped product. So uh, he's rolling in it.
1: You know that that Joe wanted that free shipping. (laughs) He's all about (laughs) that free shipping. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, He
3: loves the free shit, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Uh,
1: Before we go into uh, our interview, we do have uh, a bit of Sharks news. Um, We've been in the headlines a little bit. It, we've been in the the lead of the chase, really, for uh, Alexei Melchenyuk, the Russian goalie. Uh, what do you guys think of that? I mean, you, you nailed the name. I was a little bit concerned there, but Dude, you nailed was, it. That was insane. You, did you listen last week to how many times I screwed up? Uh, I'm about to give it a try. neil's name. Oh, oh so
3: v- Villa Piano. It's oh, not even
1: that hard. I know, um, Kyle. It was it was brutal, wasn't it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's not an easy name. I mean, there's there's Russian names out there. And you know, I mean, there's names I'm like, oh my god, how do you even pronounce this? And when I was doing commentating, that would be the hardest thing to do. I'm like, oh, this guy number thirty nine. I'm like, no, there's no chance I'm gonna pronounce his name. There's no way.
2: And, and I mean, Thomas, you can't even say your Twitter handle for fuck's sake. So it's I'm, so I'm really surprised know this one. yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, this—he's a young guy. He's twenty-one years old. He has some pretty good numbers over there in Russia. Um, you know. It's always tough when guys come over from Europe, especially goaltenders. You really never know uh, how well they're going to play in the NHL. We've seen it quite a few times. But based on the numbers, I think it would be a good addition. At this point, honestly, we need to do something with our goaltending, right? So I think this would be a good step forward.
3: Me, I mean, it's, it's, he's going to need seasoning right here. Uh, being over in Russia and coming over to play in the NHL. Uh, my only question is, 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 can you get rid of Dell's? Or not Dell's uh, Jones's five point seven five million dollar contract, and to me that's the biggest thing because now you are having Dell starts and this young kid backing him up, or somebody else in the minors. But they really need to do something to upgrade their goaltending to move forward uh, in the playoffs, or even get in the regular season.
2: Yeah, I mean you're putting if you're putting your chips into this kid too, like. Do we know that he can play a full season in right. the NHL? You know, last year I think he played sixteen games in the yeah. KHL, great numbers, but a very small sample size. So it's uh it's quite the risk. I don't know, maybe they plan on having him as a backup for Jones and having kind of a 50-50 split. I, I could see that as an option, but uh, you know, you have an extra contract, like you said, Kyle, so you gotta deal with that.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna kinda ask. Like uh, instead of do you see this this uh the management team kind of keeping on to Jones and then getting rid of Dell, cashing on Dell, and and then bringing him up as a backup to Jones. I mean, it, they seem to they seem to want to stick with him. I mean, I would rather I would rather move Jones and have Adele and Milchenyuk, and just see where it goes because I don't think it getting worse than this year because I I really think it was one of our biggest flaws. So,
2: but how how do you get rid of Jones? I think that's the yeah. biggest issue, right? You might even have to give up an asset like a draft pick or something to get rid of that big contract.
3: Yeah. I mean, what other teams out there are going to take a five point seven five million dollar contract for a couple more years? I believe so. But to me, is, is if you're going to move on from Jones, are we is there a total rebuild then? So then to me, the older players have got to maybe I wouldn't say go, but maybe trade for younger assets or or draft picks. But again, when's the Sharks done a full rebuild? It's always been a reset button or you know a thinking button of the the whole thing. But to me, bringing the young goalie. It doesn't hurt because again they can season them. I mean, they got Nabby there that can that can do it and he's rushing as well. So that might distinguish him or help him come over to the Sharks, kind of seize them in the AHL for, for a couple years. And then maybe two or three years down the road, because I think we're all on the same page, is Sharks is gonna win the cup in about five years or at least three years with the roster they have. So to me is moving on from the older players or older goaltending might be the way to go. But again, seasoning a kid that's I can't, remember, I can't remember how old he is. He's young. Um, he's 21 and
2: he, years old. And, and for a goaltender, 21 is super
3: young. Yeah. So to me, he's, he's getting, unless he's unbelievable, he's not going to be starting right away. He has to go to the HL for a couple of games, uh, maybe even a year to get seasoned, and then bring him up after that. So is there, a, is there a, like a save zone or, or, or scapegoat scapegoat we can go to besides – because Dell's an unrestricted free agent as well. So again, yeah. is now what's going to happen?
2: Yeah, exactly. And like like I said at the start, it's a huge risk, um, you know, with a young guy like this. And I mean, say you, you know, put all your chips into like maybe keep Dell around and you go with this uh, Russian kid and everything falls apart. I mean, we don't have any confidence in goaltending right now. Imagine what would happen if uh, these guys kind of fell apart as they entered into the NHL, right? Yeah.
1: And especially if Jones went somewhere and actually lit it up, because then like that would be typical sharks. That would be awesome right just now. our luck. Like you know, we traded for Carlson, and then the, our number one pick's gonna go. I think they were what third in Tankathon when I checked last week at the end of the season. I, I
2: don't look anymore. Oh. It's I just don't look.
1: It's just it's just <laughs> sad right now. We, we we have to try and get out of this funk in the off season. Hopefully, make some moves. Uh yeah I mean it, it's it I think I don't think it's going to be a bad move to pick pick him up as long as we like you guys say don't give up too much in the meantime like I, it'd be a huge move to move away from Jones and invest and commit to just Dell and him so I don't know it's it'll be interesting to see what they go with
2: yeah and I think like the only option to get rid of Jones contract is maybe a buyout at this point like I, in my opinion I think they should keep him around for another year at least especially if you're bringing in this young guy to kind of mentor him into the role uh but yeah I just I like Kyle said earlier I don't see a team taking him on I mean even decent goaltenders with a contract like that there's not many landing spots most teams have their guy right now so, uh, so it's it's a tough move
1: so are you saying like move on from Dell then? or do you say keep Dell and then have the three or cuz I don't I don't know if Dell's going to want to sign a, as a backup again to Jones
2: Honestly, I think if you get this Russian kid, you go and sign a free agent goaltender for, you know, a million bucks or something. Keep him around until this Russian kid is ready to jump into a backup role, and then you can move on from that guy that you just signed. I, th- I think that would be the best way to do it and still keep Jones for a year or two.
3: Yeah. This is the biggest thing to me is, is again, it's the only, they have minimal like salary cap left to spend on somebody. So yeah. if they can get this kid for cheap. And maybe sign Dell for a little cheaper and somehow, some way, because again, was it, uh, three-fourths of the contract is to buy him out or uh, for Jones? I can't remember what the buyout uh, clause is. That's still a lot of dead money that you're giving somebody to go away. So it, it's, again, it's, it's, does that money go against the cap and, and really have enough to even sign anybody else and not give up their younger players or, or assets, like more draft picks, because they can't give away more draft picks cuz they're they're not getting any younger right now.
2: Yeah, I mean with the with the salary cap too, we were all expecting it to go up what 4 or 5 million this year, and then this crisis hit and who knows what's going to happen with the cap. It's definitely not going up. Uh so that's definitely a concern for them.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, everything's kind of up in the air with 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 the crisis, with everything that's going to with, with how the season's going to end, but I, I know that the Sharks are going to have some pretty tough decisions on the offseason. It'll be interesting to see what they what they move forward with. Uh, are you guys ready to throw it over to the interview? Um, I was joined with Jordy from uh, the, the Den podcast, the LA the podcast. King's Den. King's Den, Please. sorry. I, I was halfway there, whatever. Right.
2: That's, <laughs> That's what going, we're going for now, half <laughs>
1: half Halfway there. At least I got his name right. Like At least I can pronounce it. You know, at least... Disrespect it like Neil. Uh, we'll, we'll throw it over. We'll throw it over to Jordy. All right. Ha, well, we've got an awesome guest today. So uh, I'm producer T. I'm joined with Jordy Cunningham, host of the Kings Den on the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, so, big part of the Hockey Podcast Network family. Jordy, how are you doing, man?
0: Good. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. Try, just trying to keep sane, trying to survive in in this uh, weird world we're living right now, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's strange times, for sure. It was when it kind of first hit North America. That's when it was the strangest times. I had my two-week quarantine right away, right when it happened. But yeah. I've been working since. So, like for the last like four or five weeks now. So, I, I've been working. Life has been pretty normal for me. The only... The only parallel I've kind of thought about lately is like there was kind of like that that persona. Like sometimes you see it like in movies and stuff like that where there's a character who just works, eats, sleeps, and then does, does yeah. that every single day. That's what life is right now. Like for totally. me, it's like sometimes because like when you have sports going on inside, you can be like, oh, you go you go out, you watch that, you go, you go play sports, stuff like that. But right now it's literally work, eat, sleep, and that's it. There's a so no kind of we're all
1: Yeah.
0: So it's like you're either at home, you can't work, you're out of work because of everything, or you're doing that where you are working and it's just like the same day over and over again.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm in a lucky situation where I get to well, I, I'm I get to work from home. So yeah. I'm I'm able to still stay stay busy as well. But man, it, it's hard when you when you've got like whole like you work at home because how can you it's hard to separate it, right? You yeah, know, when, for when oh, working, oh it is when for you're sure. home, but but you know, I'm lucky. I know a lot of people don't. I, I, we're both lucky, by the yeah. sounds of it. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't have uh, don't have uh, much at all, right? So uh, that's yeah. crazy. So I know that you're you're based in Canada as well. I, I don't yeah. you feel like we're kind of lucky up here. I feel like it, looking down at what's going on in the states, it, it's uh, kind of nuts. E-
0: even even within Canada, I think yeah, we're the lucky totally. ones. Like if you like, I think we're ahead of the curve. We're flatting the curve more than any other one around any other one around canada let alone north america like you saw i don't know if you saw the stats today but we're down to i think it's 24 people in icu across the whole province and like seven and 79 people in hospital like across the whole province that's amazing that's it is. the smallest numbers in a long time so i think we're definitely in in the best spot compared to everyone else but yeah some of the stuff is in the states is crazy you see places now like georgia and stuff trying to like they're trying to force it they're trying to Get, I get that you want to get life back to normal. I get that you want the economy back, but it's just not the right time. And I just saw a photo of like Huntington Beach in California was crazy today, and I'm just like, man, like come on, stay home. We want to get rid of this. We want it. We want this gone.
1: I uh, know. I saw that. I, it, it's kind of. It, it is scary because when you think about what, I'll move it over to hockey. Like if you think about yeah. how, how getting the season going again. Uh, from from our stance, maybe in BC, it feels like it, it could be a little bit safer. But then you hear about like like you said, places like Georgia that are opening up. I mean, it just causes so many issues in regards to keeping players safe. I just don't know how the league w- is going to restart when there's so many different like like you said, BC doing so well, and then places in the states that are just just complete opposite.
0: I know when you think of like the logistics of it like of course we want sports back as soon as possible Yeah. but when you think of the logistics of it like it's tough to think like you you talk about hockey coming back you talk about basketball coming back you talk about baseball starting July 1 but like man it's so tough to think about that happening like the sports that you can think about happening first aren't going to be the major four honestly like I could see like there's talk about NASCAR back this month. There's talk about golf back this month. Well, no fans, obviously, but like you change it to you keep it at groups of two, or like in golf or like NASCAR, you're in, your, you're in a car by yourself. You're just talking to someone on a microphone. Those are going to be sports that are back before hockey, before the main four. And as much as we want hockey back, we miss hockey. I think it's going to take longer despite everything that we're hearing.
1: Totally, because you've got everything from so if, with a sport like hockey and a lot of the major leagues, like you said, mm-hmm. it's not just players, right? It's it's coaches, it's it's uh, physios, it's, yeah, pedig- it's everything, right? You know, it's even it comes down to ball boys in soccer. Like, it, it, it there's so many variables, and if just one of those people get get it, I mean, are we back to square one where we're just going to abandon it again? So it, it's just. It's hard to see where it's going to go and and for a team like the Kings where you know the draft pick is so important cuz you guys are pretty much in the middle of a rebuild.
2: Mm-hmm. What do you
1: how do you think that effect's going to have on hockey going forward in the next year or so?
0: It's it's crazy. I don't know like the Kings are very fortunate right now because yeah they're they're like bottom of the league right now, but what they have one of the best prospect pools in the league. They've done an amazing job at that and of course you want to keep building and it's tough with what's going to happen because not even like, you don't know when the draft's going to be. And of course, you know, some of the big name players for like this year, but say we don't have hockey for another year. That could be another crop of players that are like draft eligible, I guess. I don't know how they would do it, but you can think about like, it's crazy how much you can build your team in the draft, but like, it's so weird to think about like, oh, you could have, almost two draft classes in one. It depends how they would go about it. But when you think about it, it's like there could be double the amount of players to choose from sort of thing. Like it's, it's crazy to think of, but they've done a great job with the prospect pool that they have. It's an amazing prospect pool and it's just going to get deeper for sure.
1: So, so that kind of turns me over to my next question, which was kind of pre pre pandemic, like, uh, you know, start of the season. So last year you guys didn't do well, like, but it it was almost expected. And then this year, how, what, what was the feel around the LA Kings like, fan base w- around the team at the start of the season? I know that well, towards the end it w- was a little different, but like, towards the start, what was the, what was the feel around
0: it? I I think there was a lot of, a lot of sting in, at the start of the year, and that came from what happened the year before. And the year before was tough because like, it's a team that's getting older. It's getting, I've said it a ton this year. They're at the in-between stage where you have the players that are older and you have the players that are too young. You don't really have the players in the middle. And I think they kind of had that last year, but also injuries were a huge thing last year. Like Jonathan Quick was hurt most of the year last year. The the numbers don't state it, but he had a much better year this year. Like if you actually watched him, he stole some games for the LA Kings this year or kept them in it at least. He had a much better year this year. But I think at the start of the year, there was some sting going into the season, but the fans still came out each and every night, tough, really tough schedule this year as well. I've talked about that at length on the Kings down as well. Like strange schedule, but I think there was a bit of like, for the true fans, there was a bit of like sting at the start of the season. But you saw the optimism throughout the year, and especially later in the year, as of course it ended, they had a seven-game winning streak, and then of course the pandemic hit.
1: Yeah, I mean, the end of the season was, it was kind of crazy, really, because yeah. who who'd have thought that you know, when everything hit that the sharks would be at the bottom of the Pacific and, yeah. and the Kings would actually be above us. Right. You know, I was just of, talking with
0: Dylan about this a couple weeks it, ago.
1: If at the start of the year, someone said that you'd be, you'd be calling them crazy. Like I, well, oh, I, I would, you sure. know, I, you know, oh,
0: but, I, I would be too. I'll like, be on, I'll be honest. I'll take the bullet. <laughs> I'll take the bullet. I, me too. I thought we were going to be like bottom three of the league and then we're ahead of the sharks. Like it's crazy. Yeah.
1: I mean, and, and you guys actually, uh, towards the, the end, well, uh, the, towards the yeah. end of the suspension, at least, you guys were on a, a pretty good a pretty good run. And, man, I mean, it, it, it must have felt pretty good to actually st- start to get some wins and get, feel pretty good about the team again. It,
0: oh, it was. It was a ton of fun. And it was great to see the fans kind of alive again in L.A. And it's part of, like, you see it. Everywhere. We just saw it in Vancouver the last year, still seeing it, the youth movement. And they're starting to see the glimpse of that because last year, the Kings got like a touch of it. They had a couple of guys play like one or two games. This year, you saw it more. You saw Cal Peterson come in and be the future goaltender for the Kings, going five and three in his... In his stretch of games at the end of the season, you saw Gabe Velarde put up I think it was seven points in ten games. You saw Adrian Kempe all season long. There was a few guys you saw also all season long. Adrian Kempe, Blake Lazzotte, who's going to be the perfect grinder on a on a team like the Kings for years to come. And you saw uh, you saw Mikey Anderson play a few games on the back end. You saw a bunch of young guys coming up to start this youth movement, and it was a ton of fun to see. Also a uh, great job at the deadline by Rob Blake and the Kings to bring in more prospects and also something I'll attribute to the seven game winning streak is the schedule. Like I just talked about because the schedule was absolutely ridiculous. Head coach Todd McCollin talked about how ridiculous it was because I'd never seen anything like it before, but at the start of the season, they played a bunch of games on the road and then it added up to a stretch that they were just in mid, Uh, before corona took over of 15 out of 16 games at staples center and the one road game was in vegas i mean that's not even a road trip so and this is a home team they played much better at home than on the road this year so that definitely factored into it as well but first and foremost it was the youth movement coming into the king's
1: yeah so you speak about this youth movement and and how the Kings are kind of in that place where they have a lot of good young players and and mm-hmm. um, that older core but they're missing the middle pieces. Yeah. So I know that as a Sharks as a Sharks you know the, the podcast yeah. as a Sharks fan I know that we've got we, we don't have that youth movement right now. And yeah. you know, we've got goaltending issues. So it, so we're I think we're quite a few years away from from contending again. As, as a Kings fan now, say this is you know, year two of the rebuild, uh, year three of the rebuild, how long do you think that you're going to uh, – before you're contending again? Do you think it's next year after this, or is it still a, still a bit away?
0: No, it's still a bit away, and I attribute that to what we've been close to our whole lives as watching the Canucks yeah. the last few years. That's what I attribute it to. Seeing the youth movement that the Canucks have gone through over the last few years, it takes time, and it's mm-hmm. going to take time. Sometimes when you see a draft class like the Canucks had, like the like the Kings have, it might get sped up a little. And you kind of see that in Vancouver because you you think they thought it was gonna be another year or two, but you see that they were fighting for the playoffs this year. I think it's still like at least two years for the Kings because you have to think like you still have your core like five of Quick, Doughty, Kopitar, Brown, and Carter. Brown and Carter, they only have a couple more years left, yeah. but you still have Kulpatar for I think it's seven years and you still have Doughty for like eight years. So it's something that's like that could kind of screw up salary cap and other and things in the future. But that's a problem for the future when that happens, because those are still very lengthy contracts.
1: So so where do you think, you know, as a, the Sharks franchise hasn't, haven't really gone through a a true rebuild. Yeah. What do you have for some, maybe some tips for the Sharks fans to get through this? But also, not just for the fans, but you know, you've know, you kind of watched your, uh, your back office go through this rebuild, and it seems like they're doing a pretty good job. What do you think that the Sharks should be looking at? Should we be doing, because we've been talking about basically doing a full rebuild. There's some people that think we well, need to do a retool. What do you think?
0: Well, before I answer that, I want to ask you, what do you think the Sharks, to do, Sharks should do? Do you think that they're too old and they have to start trading pieces? Or do uh, you think that they can go at it for one more year? I really, I really, depending on when we got hockey back, obviously.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the, well, that's the big if, but, but it, 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 our salary cap dictates that we should really try and do it for another year just because we have so much money tied up in in big name pieces. And we went for Eric Austin. Like we, it it looks like, it looked like the back office last year. We're ready to go for it. Right. And Mm -hmm. it it, kind of sucks to give up on that. But after coming through this year, you know, the, the young pieces not stepping up, the fact that we had to even pick up Marlo, it, it's the back end, you know, Carlson not really performing. I mean, goaltending being an absolute joke, like mm-hmm. non-existent. I, 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 and I think Dylan will agree with me here. I think we need a complete rebuild. I don't think it's even worth going into next year with that. Let's try it again. Because I think it's going to be the exact same. But what mm-hmm. the on the other end of that, though, so even if it is the exact same, at least we'll have a lottery to pick next year. Yeah. Because right now ours is with Ottawa, right? So we're tagging with this. Like we're just we're like we're just benefiting them, which it, yeah, for that, sure. That sucks, right? So, and,
0: and you could see that the front office of the Sharks wanted to try to like retool, I guess, because they saw the writing on the wall for this season. But like, so you did a good job. You got a first round pick for Barkley Goudreau, but yet. He's a good young player as well. Exactly. Like, he, he, so, like, it didn't, like, I was like, oh, shit. Sanders they got a first-round pick. And then I was like, oh, shit. They gave up Barkley Goudreau. Like, he's pretty good. He could, like, be the center,
1: he could have been the centerpiece of the rebuild.
0: Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. Like, I thought I was like, you gave up a pretty good piece for a first-round pick. Like, it's kind of like 6-1, half dozen of the other in that case. But also, like, it's, it, it was it's going to take time. That's well, the advice.
1: It kind of well. It kind of suggests that the, that the front office kind of is expecting it to take some time. Sees the for, writing on the wall. Yeah, rather than keep Goodrow and, and think that maybe they're going to contend in two years' time and and just take that yeah. number one and hope that they get an Elias, uh, Peterson yeah. like yeah. the Canucks' did type yeah. of thing, right? Well, like you said.
0: The, and a point I was making, I talked with Dylan about this. I just had Dylan from, of course, the uh, from your guys' show on a couple yeah. of weeks ago, and I, the point I made to him was. And he agreed with me, I believe, if my memory serves me right, that I would have loved to see John Boudreau traded back to Boston at the deadline. And I thought that was going to happen. I don't know what you would have – you would have got, like, some sort of draft pick for him. That's probably it. But, like, that's something I would have I would have loved to have seen. And, like, it would have helped you guys. Well, it would have been sad, obviously, but it would have helped you guys at least for a little bit, like a one-piece to the puzzle of the future
1: yeah i feel like i feel like doug wilson would have accepted an offer if if an offer or an okay offer would have come through to be honest i i don't think it was it was even a case of that we didn't trade jumbo i think it was that the the interest in jumbo just wasn't as 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 expected for for doug i mean i was more surprised that we actually traded marlowe i i expected i expected jumbo to go before marlowe and i thought like I I thought it was a perfect move for Boston, right? But obviously, there was there was something there that, that, that either Doug didn't like with the offer or Boston just didn't even come with an offer. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure, sure, but I, I mean, it'll be interesting. It would kind of suck for J- this to be Jumbo's last year, though, right? I,
0: I, I talked with Dylan about that as well, and I talked with Isha about it. I had him on recently as well. Yeah. And we were talking about, like, because I made the point to Isha, like, man, like, I, I'm a big baseball guy, so I compare it to baseball as yeah. well. But, like, we're missing, right now, we're missing... The greatest, maybe the greatest, the greatest baseball player we've ever seen, Mike Trout, in his prime. And like, he's put up ridiculous numbers his whole career. And now he's like 27 in his prime, and we're missing that. And Isha said to me, like, but what about the, rec- the retired guys, the guys that are on the borderline, like Joe Thornton, like Miko Claver? And it makes you think, like, oh shit, that's so sad. Like, yeah. guys wanted to end their career. And then you got to think about it basketball wise as well. Like, Vince Carter, this was going to be his last year. Now it's ended like this. Like, that sucks for those guys.
1: I really, I really think if if this season's suspended, I don't think there's any way Thornton doesn't come back next year. I I really don't yeah. think he'll even. I think he has to do a farewell tour one way or another. Yeah. Because he's just he's worked too hard, like for the franchise, for the league. I, yeah, for sure. I think the fans love him too much for it, for him to, to go away. Like, and, and I think it would be across the league as well. I think he's one of those guys. Yeah. For that sure. has earned the respect of every single fan and every yeah. single team. Absolutely, you know? it, it, for kinda sure. It's kind of crazy
0: for sure I completely I completely agree with that and then a, a question I have for you because this was a struggle of a season for the San Jose Sharks let's not lie here it was what do you think was the missing piece for the Sharks this season I know Carlson struggled I know a bunch of guys struggled was it Joel Pavelski leaving having no room for him was like what was the missing piece I know the goaltending sucked but what yeah. was like I, the way when you look at it more and more the Sharks team like Pavelski leaving like is a bigger piece than we thought. Of course, he was always big, but like, what do you think the biggest piece was to the Sharks struggling well, this season?
1: Well, I actually, I, I've been trying to, I've been trying to say it from early on, is that we never replaced uh, Pavelski's yeah. goal scoring, his leadership, his presence in the locker room. And, and That's
0: we, one of those guys you can't really replace.
1: Well, exactly. That is that's yeah. true. But we like, it, we didn't even try. It, it, mm-hmm. is in my opinion, right? Yeah. We we let him go too easily. And then we didn't try hard enough to replace him. Even if, you know, even if he is an irreplaceable guy, we didn't try hard enough to replace him in the first place. I mean, it, it's hard to look past the goaltending for me because I really just don't like Martin Jones. But, <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, I think it, it's, it's hard though because it's easy to say that we were missing goal scoring and that we were missing Joe Pavelski, but it was actually our DM, uh, that that really struggled this year. Mm-hmm. You know, so many games we lost uh, you know, two one, or, or we were up three one going into the third, and then and then we lose it four three somehow. Like it's so many times I felt. So I felt the, like it was maybe even that we're too offensive on the D, and we just need a good core like D man. I think that's maybe where we're missing it.
0: Yeah, the I'll, I'll I'll compare that to the Kings, but like for a different reason, obviously. Like we just we in the third period we struggled, and like you can say it was the defense, but also because the defense did struggle like of like sometimes they had their stretches where they were good but in the third period they struggled and a lot of times like i'll say this to the to like to the end of time for this season like the kings like the yeah they were supposed to be bad i won't lie that's what everyone said but the amount of bad bounces they had was were just ridiculous ever like off a skating and in, off quick and in, like quick can't find it and it goes in, like just the amount of bad bounces. And that's just, that happens. That's just hockey.
1: No, totally. And it, and it happens, it works the other way, right? Like we talk yeah. about the Canucks and, and how their real, uh, rebuild has been going through. And they've had some like lucky bounces. Like no one expected yeah, sure. uh, Elias Pettersson to be the, the player he is. And he's, yeah. you know, he's a beast. You know, they've had some, this year they've had some, some good bounces. And, and you know, last year it worked the opposite where they had some yeah. real bad bounces. So you really need the puck to be going and, your way. And, and it's a huge factor.
0: And with the Canucks, it's injuries as well, right? Totally. Like huge. they had, like they've been a team that's had injury after injury year mm-hmm. after year, and they had right. like none this year. So yeah. like every season, you have to have some luck in it as mm-hmm. well. And the Kings were kind of the only way the Kings really got bit by injury this season is Alec Martinez was out for I think it was six weeks, and I w- I argue like we could have got more than two second rounders or whatever it was. I think or a second and a third for Alec Martinez. I think we could have got more. Maybe the injury didn't help that a little bit, but that's just an argument from a Kings perspective.
1: Yeah, it kind of sucks for us that we can't even really blame injuries. I mean, yeah. sure, Eric Carson kind of went down for a little bit, but I mean, we weren't playing well before with him in the lineup. We we just kept playing. It didn't, we just kept losing. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean,
0: you guys you guys are in the the sharks yeah. are in like the real kind of shitty spot right now the kind of like just start of the rebuild it sucks when you realize that it's kind of like it reminds me of when uh 2014 when the kings went on to win the cup like the first round series with the canucks it's like that's when the canucks kind of realized like oh shit like this is over like we gotta start doing this and that's that's kind of where the sharks are right now i I won't lie like they might have one more year one more chance but like it's going to be difficult it's going to be difficult
1: and I, I, like I said, I don't even think it's worth even going for it. I think they should just try and try and, and do the whole rebuild and, now. But
0: and what, what you asked a few minutes ago because I I interrupted and asked you a question. Sharks fans, just yeah. be patient. It sucks, but I I love what the 76ers said the last few years. Trust the process. You have to trust the process. It sucks. It's gonna take a long time. I know you. I know, like the first rounder to sound to Ottawa, that hurts right now. I know that but trust the process and it will get better. It's going to hurt. You're going to have to trade people that, that you thought were going to be sharks for life, but it's going to hurt, but it will be, it will be okay in the long
1: run. There you have it folks. Jordy Cunningham. Trust the process. Yeah. Trust, <laughs> trust the process. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause honestly, that I guess that's all you can really do, especially, you know, and Doug Wilson hasn't really done that much wrong over his career as, as a GM. So, so hopefully he'll be able to lead us in the right way through this, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. And I thought from a Kings perspective as well, it was really interesting to go get a coach, like head coach Todd McClellan for like, he's always been a winner. Mm-hmm. Like he won in San Jose. He didn't win a cup, but like they, they had great teams when he was coach there and he went to Edmonton and things didn't work out. And it was kind of strange to be like, oh, uh, Todd McClellan for a team that's rebuilding. Like I never would have thought of that, but he's been the right coach for this team for sure. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and that that'll be a big thing for the sharks too. Is I I know I don't think that uh, Buehner is is going to be the, the the coach that leads us through this rebuild. Mm-hmm. I think there will be a coaching change. Yeah, if if not this this off season, and I think depending with with everything that goes on, I don't.
0: Think <laughs> yeah, what <one> off season <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I think
1: next year uh, at least, I don't think he's going to be the long term solution, and I think everyone's kind of right. knows that. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, we, we've just got to be patient, like you said, trust yeah. the process, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, for sure. And okay. If hockey comes back, do you think they should go right to playoffs, or do you think that they should finish regular season?
1: I think they'd have to go straight to playoffs without it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to take too long, and and then it's going to bump next season back, and, and, and sure. then the the domino effect on that is just too much. I think what they they'll have yeah. to try and like do it, but points per game. I don't know. So whatever they'll yeah. have to decide on that. And then just go straight into a playoff.
0: Yeah. Oh, this is a point I meant to make earlier when I first talked about coronavirus. Like, of course we want sports back. We all want sports back. But at the same time, like we want to be cautious. And everyone, like experts, say like it's going to go down during the summer, and then it's going to ramp up again Despite during the that, fall. Yeah. Why don't we just not do that? Why don't we like do everything we can so it doesn't ramp up again in the fall? Like yeah. I know, I know, I know the world doesn't work like that. I know because, like, revenue and the economy and stuff like that. But, man, like, and we want sports back, obviously. But, man, like, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's scary because, like, a part of you is like, a a part of you is like, you don't want to go anywhere. You just want to stay home and keep everybody safe. Yeah. And a part of you is like, oh, my God, I can't stay home for any longer. Yeah, you have the
0: gene in you that, like, I got to go outside. I got to go do something. Right,
1: totally. But I I think I, I kind of agree with you. I think everyone should just buckle down. Like we should just try and ride it out as long as we can. Like, I, absolutely, I think that with generations of people have gone through worse to get through oh, things, you know. Absolutely,
0: so I, people had to go to war when they were sixteen. Yeah, we're going exactly. to stay home. So I Christ. think I think
1: that maybe if if we can ride the wave out, then then yeah, I agree. I think we should try and buckle down. But like you said it's like we, we all want sports back but and we don't get paid to make those decisions unfortunately yeah, right that's no, why we're we the scrubs here talking <laughs> here on this friday night uh, right oh. <laughs> yeah and
0: not only do i miss watching sports i miss i miss playing sports yeah. holy christ i miss yeah. it a lot
1: man i've been yeah. playing more sports this this uh this quarantine than i ever well i have in a while i got the basketball hoop out again yeah got the well, soccer like, ball going
0: like like I said, I'm a baseball guy, and I was starting to coach this year. Right. I was looking forward to coaching, going on coaching trips, but like also like off off sports again for a second. I was supposed to be on Australia right now, oh, like that sucks that but it's but again, it is what it is at this point.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean that's the thing. I, I we have like a vacation plan to go to Europe in summer. I think that's a write off at this point.
0: Oh, absolutely. I yeah. I mean, so
1: I, I, I but you know there's so many people that are that are going through harder times than we are. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What we're saying right? this?
0: Well, we're saying this and we can complain, but it's all in perspective. Like there totally. are people going through much worse than us.
1: Yeah, they they totally are and you know. So we're lucky yeah. we, and we live in a beautiful place we live in british columbia oh, you know so, yeah uh, the best yeah we're
0: so, so lucky to live in the best place
1: we just gotta keep being thankful and uh hopefully everyone can just stay safe right
0: yeah oh absolutely no doubt stay home do what you can
1: yeah, yeah. well uh, jordy i think that's all uh, the questions i actually have for you do you have anything for for me before we uh wrap it up here
0: I think we covered it all with the sharks. Like there's a lot of comparables between yeah, the two teams totally. right now. Actually, I will talk about one thing quickly. It just came to mind. There was a great article th- during the season, I believe in January about the state of hockey in California. And I just got to say like how great the state of hockey and Cal- how great, like hockey has risen so much in California. And it's so awesome to see that between the Kings, the sharks, the ducks, and the, of various minor, like AHL teams across California. It's awesome to see the growth in California because all the numbers for, like, in youth hockey and such have grown, it's said in the article. And it's just awesome to see. So shout out hockey growth in California
1: dude i i completely agree i I think we're so lucky even just like with our online presence with the stick hungry pod like oh yeah we have so much interaction because there's so many fans that are actually like diehard sharks fans like Mm -hmm. you know it's we're we're like one of the luckiest podcasts just like you wouldn't think though right you think that you know it'd be the the canadians it'd be these established teams but it's actually these smaller cliche markets that are just growing they're surging yeah for people, sure people want it right people want to watch hockey i, I love it i'm i agree shout out to the california yeah. fan base yeah like.
0: absolutely that's all i got it's fun yeah it's fun that hockey is growing in california totally I especially, love it. For, especially to see for us to see that as canadians to see exactly it. and, yeah. uh,
1: and it's just one more excuse to take a road trip down to cali and, and visit that beautiful oh. uh, Sun, sun when all this is over. Uh,
0: I drove down there last summer, and it's it's amazing. It's a great yeah, drive.
1: I, I've done the drive a, a couple of times. I haven't watched. I haven't been fortunate enough to actually watch a, a Sharks game. In,
0: I, I haven't either. I went during the summer.
1: Yeah. So. yeah same. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, uh, we're, yeah. I'm going to have to try and plan a road trip down there in, in Absolutely. the winter sometime. Absolutely right. for sure. All right, Jordy. Well, thank you for joining me. I don't know if you want to throw out your uh your hashtag or whatever your Twitter of, tag. Of course for
0: the king's den check it out on twitter at the king's den thpn follow my personal twitter at cunningham jordy and that's it there you go check out the new episode
1: on monday awesome make sure to give jordy a follow folks and thank you again man
0: thank you thank you for having me on thank you for joining the king's den at the same time
1: no problem see you (laughs) next time and there you go folks i was joined by jordy that was an awesome interview um, make sure again to check out his uh, page, the King's Den. There you go, Dylan, I got it right. Nailed it. Um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we head out here? I, I think we're we're pretty much done. Yeah, I mean, there hasn't been
2: too much going on in the hockey world. It's uh, Everything's pretty quiet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just ready to stuff my face with, with some camp food. Uh, that's, that's kind of the rest of my night. I don't have too much time to spend anywhere, you know, working 12-hour days. So it's basically eat, shower, and go to sleep. There you go. Eat, shower, go to sleep, repeat. Right? Yeah, exactly. Kind
1: of like your life, Thomas. <laughs> so true. So true.
2: <laughs> Just missing one thing, though.
1: <laughs> Got to take a big old shit in the middle of there. Uh, <laughs> all right, boys. I was gonna say go go hang out with the trail uh, smoke eaters, but all right. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, I'll let you get to your uh, your camp food then. Uh, uh, before we head out, make sure to follow at Stick Hungry Pod on Twitter. Um, at hockey pod Net for the network. You can also follow myself at producer underscore T-E-E. Dylan? You can follow myself at D-Y-L underscore T-H-P-N. Kyle? Uh,
3: McLaren underscore K.
1: Oh, look, you're killing it every time. We got it, boys. LA. There we go. All right. We'll see you next week, folks.